0: I want to welcome all of us again to tonight's service. Because it's a great privilege to always come before him. And I believe that we're in a very sensitive season in the body of Christ. The goal the God has in his mind needs the agreement of the church for it to be fulfilled. Until the body of Christ takes its place, there will be complain. There will be frustration. But we have been called as a people to take our place in Christ. Tonight, I'm going to be sharing with us on what I call take your place. <laughs> Do what? Place. I want us to preach to one another. Take your place. Let us pray. Father of Spirit. The love with which you love us before the foundation of the world was the key to sending Jesus to the earth. Jesus came and died. We were told, we read it, we believe it. It is time for us to begin to activate what we believe. We thank you for what you would do tonight. We thank you for your grace that is made available in this place. Thank you for the power of your spirit. Tonight we push back the frontiers of the evil one. We resist the devil. And tonight we take our place in Christ. We thank you. Thank you for the reserved blessing. Blessed be your name tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Let's look at one another and greet each other. Good evening. The Lord bless you for being here again tonight. Bless you, sis. We love you with all of our hearts. Hallelujah. Some time ago, a woman came to a man of God and said, Please pray for me that the devil will stop pursuing me. That was a prayer. When no man, he said it himself. Please. I don't know what I did for him. I did to him. He's been pursuing me everywhere I go. The man of God said, Well, you want me to pray for you? I will. And you know my prayer point? She said, I don't. You want, me to, you want to know? I'll let you know. I want to pray that the Lord will take you to glory right now. She said, but why? I came for blessing. Why do you want to curse me? He said, no. Because the only reason why the devil will stop pursuing you is when you get out of here. We have an enemy that is ruthless, that does not fight fair. Hallelujah. We have an enemy that is what? Ruthless and does not fight fair. And the same reason is why Jesus came into the world. Because you cannot underestimate the enemy that you know. An unknown enemy is more dangerous than a known enemy. The devil is in strength to God. The devil is in strength to Jesus. That is why when he rebelled against God, the treason... As recorded in the scriptures, God was aware of his potential. And so when Jesus came to bring redemption to us, it will have been unfair on behalf of the church if Jesus' redemptive work had been played less on what the enemy can do. It will be unfair. One of the things that was very Intriguing to me during the week. And I'm going to share with us. This occurred to me. I don't know how many of us have ever talked about this. That generally in games. You talk about home advantage. Is that not true? I understood. As I studied. That one of the reasons. Why God decided to bring the battle to earth. Is because. God sent Jesus. Into this earth. Don't forget. Who the devil was. He is the prince of this world. So Jesus took the battle to the top of the enemy. And defeated him right there. I want us to listen. The devil was not only defeated in his own top. Jesus left ambassadors. Will we continue to do what he left undone? Did that sound right to us? Jesus came to the top of this world defeated the devil and left his ambassadors. Who are the believers today? That listen, the work that I have done. I love scriptures. Jesus said, the work that I do, ye shall do. But greater works than this shall ye do. Because of one reason. I go to my father. I'm taking an exit, but I'm leaving you behind to continue to take dominion over what I have done. To continue to take territories. Passivity is not synonymous to spirituality. Passivity is not the same thing with perseverance. There are two significant words that I have seen. It's either a man is passionate or is passive. In the kingdom, if you are not passionate, you will be passive. And I believe the passivity, to be passive, is to assume a position of comfort where there is no comfort. Passivity is to be at ease in Zion, the scripture says. I believe the most powerful force, the most the, the very core of influence today. The decision realm. The most powerful realm, the controlling realm, is the spiritual realm. In two books that Paul the Apostle, in two letters that we have read tonight, Second 2 Corinthians and also in the book of Ephesians, Paul, by the Spirit of God, helped the church to understand the reality of spiritual warfare. That being born again it's not going to be a walk in the park. Receiving Jesus does not guarantee a continuous freedom except you take your place. Jesus has delivered us. I want us to know as a church tonight that when you gave your life to the Lord, your spirit became regenerated. But you're still living in the same environment. You still possess the same soul and the same mind. And it is God's intent for us, not just to have partial victory, but for us to have continuous, permanent, consistent, ever-increasing victory. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Through faith we understand. I want everybody to see that. Through faith we understand. Ever have said through faith we understand. That the words were framed by the word of God. That the things which are seen are not made of the things which are visible. In other words, there are things that are seen. There are things that are in active position. But they are not made of the things which are visible. They are not made of the things which we can see. No wonder 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. The scripture says, Why we look not at the things which are seen, for the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal in God. In essence, the things which are seen do not have the capacity sufficient enough To handle the things which are not seen. In other words, do not depend on the things which are seen. No wonder the scriptures in the book of Proverbs. He that has his rest in riches. The the riches will fly like a bird into into the air. In other words, do not place your trust in riches on the things that you can see because they will fly away. Does that mean that the church will not be rich? That's not true. That's another deception of the enemy. The extent of the deception of the enemy. God knows what we need ever before we came here. And the sufficient provision has been made for us, but he does not want our lives to be in the, you know, in the content and to be, to be in, in, you know, in the perception of the things which we possess. We do not live by what we see. We live by what we do not see. The structures in our lives as believers are being supported from a world unseen. I'll say it again. The structures in our lives as believers are being supported from an unseen world. Let me say this to us today. The unseen world is more tangible than the sin world. When we became believers, Jesus gave us a connective cord to the unseen world. The connective cord gives us direct access to be able to take our place in the spirit and to begin to determine the things that happen in the same world. I'll say it again. Immediately we gave our lives to Christ, we became connected to the unseen world. In other words, we were formerly dead to the unseen world. Hello? Every unbeliever in the world today, I don't care how who you are, wherever you have, whatever you are doing, if you are not born again, there is a disconnection to the unseen world. And that's why many of them are terrified in the night because they do not have control over what goes on in the realm of the spirit. But hear me, believers, if we're still operating in that level, there is something all right. We're not supposed to be controlled by the things which we do not see because we have the same capacity to be in charge in the unseen realm. I don't want to be taken too far. To be passive as believers is to relinquish our authority and to allow life to happen to us. To allow life to happen. To be passive is to do what? Is to relinquish our authority and to allow life to happen to us. And to be honest with you, in many places today, life happens to believers. And we are kept in the same position like those who do not know God. Tonight, I want our pure minds to be stirred up tonight. That there is a place that I have in the spirit. And I need to take my place and exercise the authority that Jesus has given to me. The scripture says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 4. If the spirit of a ruler rises up against you, leave not your place. That's what it says. Let's go back and read. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 4. If the spirit of a ruler rises up against you, leave not your place. I love other verses. It says, do not leave your duty post. You have a responsibility. If the spirit of a ruler rises up against you, don't abandon your duty post. Do not leave your place. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. The scripture says, and he has raised us up together with Jesus and we're seated in the heavenly places like Christ. He's made us, he's raised us up together with Jesus and we have been made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. May I say this to us tonight? You may be sitting in this place, but you have an original seat in the place that is beyond here. What does it mean? Do we think God was playing with words when he says you are sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Have we ever taken time to think about that sentence? That we're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to sit in heavenly places? Where does Jesus sit? The word sit in the Bible speaks of rulership. The word "seat" in the Bible speaks of headers at the gate. You cannot sit except you are an header. You cannot sit except you are a judge. You cannot sit except you have a governmental authority. I'll repeat myself all over again. You cannot sit in the realm of the spirit except you are a judge. You cannot sit except you are a ruler. You cannot sit except you have a position of government. So what Jesus came to do was to provide the church with a necessary tool of governance in the realm of the spirit. Listen to me church today. We are supposed to govern the world around us, including our communities. We are not supposed to be complaining like others. When things are going wrong in our communities, believers must rise up and we must pray and take authority in the spirit. When we take authority, everything in existence bows in the direction of the words that we say. Everything in existence must bow. When I said you have a place in the spirit, what do I mean? The place we have is not just a title. It is called authority. Ever say authority? Authority. Now, the authority that we possess as believers is what we call a delegated authority. John chapter 1, verse 12. Let's see what the scripture says. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I read John 10, 12. Sorry, John 1, 12. John 1, 12 declares. We all know it, but I'm still going to read. It says, but as many as received him, I love this, to them, he gave. Many of us have the word power. Some of us have the word rights. In some other Bible, it says the authority to become children of God and to those who believe in his name, Luke 10 19. We remember the story of the ten of the seventy that Jesus sent out to preach the gospel and to preach the kingdom of God. In John chapter in Luke chapter 10, the Bible says here in verse 19. This is what it says it says, Behold, I give you the authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirit is subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus said, I gave you authority over serpents and scorpions. Now, having known all of this, why is this so difficult? Why is it that many times, even as believers, when things happen, immediately we look at it in a surface level. We do not have a recourse to begin to think, what is the spiritual implication of this? Now let me say this to you loud and clear today. If something is going on in our lives, is it that it is being worked out by God to bring out His glory and to perfect His will in our lives, or the enemy is trying to encroach? into your life. And when the enemy tries to encroach, we need to take the right steps to be able to get the right results. The devil knows that he has no place in our lives, but the devil would like to play some pranks and with his antics and with his methods and schemes to be able to take advantage of our ignorance. And tonight, I want to announce to us, enough is enough. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I want to begin to think in your heart, enough is enough. This encroachment must stop. This manipulation of the works of the enemy must stop. God must be enthroned in my life. Whatever we are doing, whatever we lay... The Bible says, whatever you lay your hands upon shall prosper. Whatever makes it not prospering is the hand of the enemy. We must break it. The Bible says, the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, that the righteous will not put his hand into iniquity. Where is the rod of the wicked? Where is the rod of the wicked? And it's so easy to assume a position of comfort. And we behave as if nothing is going on. I was talking with a man today. He said, listen, my brother. Do you know that believers today are discontent and dissatisfied with Jesus? Thinking that Jesus has refused to do what he needed to do in his own position. That's not true. Everything that Jesus needed to do, we studied last week, he has completed. The work is finished. From today, we will begin to take our place. We will take our place. Whatever has been responsible for chaos in our lives. We've seen the examples all over the scripture. We are the people of the prince of peace. We are the authority that can bring the peace of God upon situation. And we need to assert that. We need to say it and we need to bring it into, into its place. Take your place, believers. We must stop trotting and running around for people to pray for us. We must take our own place in Christ and begin to exercise the divine authority He has given to us. Each of us has been empowered by God as a result of your salvation. I don't care how old or how young you are, every believer has been given a place in God to exercise his authority. I was reading a story about the circus. Many of us know circus. I've never gone to watch the circus before. I don't know how many of us have gone to watch that. The circus basically, they said the elephants are always, you know, this this man that was writing this story said uh, the day they were going, they they actually saw the elephants that were going to be involved in the entire show outside. And the elephants were massive animals. These were big animals. And he was watching, you know, he's a preacher, so he was watching closely. How is it that these people were able to tame this wild animal? They put all sorts of things on the elephant. Many of us have seen circles before. But he said when he was watching, he was watching and trying to watch out. How did they do it? He said there was a tiny chain around his leg. And that was the only chain that controls that animal from being wide. They just tag it, and he knows that he has to behave himself. And he said when he found that, he noticed that when that elephant was a baby elephant... It's been preconditioned by the owner that this is what you're going to be used for. So he does not have the understanding and the power, the potential that his name was not, it's never going to be expressed ever. Because all he sees himself to be is a showbiz man. He's never seen the potential, ability, and the authority that he's got. How I many of us know that no small chains can hold an elephant? In fact, the whole dog cannot hold an elephant. If an elephant hits the wall, this whole house will shake. But the animals are contained by a small chain. And that's how many believers are contained in a small chain. Because we grew up to know certain things. And we have not renewed our minds that that is not right. When a man grows up with abnormal, he believes the abnormal to be normal. We have to be able to see the normal to know that what is going on is not normal. Hallelujah. The word I was using in John chapter 1 and also Luke chapter 10, authority, is from the root word exousia. That's the Greek word. And it does not only mean authority, it also means mastery. <laughs> in other words, I give unto you what? Mastery. It also means competency. I give unto you mastery. I give unto you competency. In other words, he gave us, he made us competent to handle the very deaths of the enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to say to our friend, you are competent. You, are competent. you, you have the mastery. Are we are competent to handle the works that God has given to us and we're supposed to exercise our authority. Competency. Today we see that we sit back and we become complacent allowing the devil to dictate the tunes and the terms of events in our lives. There's another story I'm going to share with us. It used to be said there were two animals that live in the same house, a dog and a cat. And a cat. And it was said, not in the same house, I think in the neighborhood. And each time that the cat goes around and the, the dog sees it run after the, after the cat, and the cat usually runs away. But it was said one day, the cat has always been running. One day, as he was running, he just thought to himself, why am I running from whoa? The cat just turned back. You know what the cat does? The back just went this way. That means he's about to fight. The cat just, just changed his color, his nature. And with the back, the dog stopped because he's never seen that before. <laughs> didn't know what this guy's going to do. And it was said when the dog saw the cat, the dog started to walk back a little bit because he didn't know what the cat was going to do. Took off. And that was the last time that dog ever pursued a cat because they didn't know the potential that he had. Now there are certain potential. We have been running for too long. It's time to stop. Look at the enemy in the face and tell him, Christ died for me. I possess the spiritual authority given to me by Christ. I've seen believers running from prophets looking for all sorts of prophets around. You don't need a prophet. The Bible says, greater is he. Who else are you running to? Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why are we running? Please, I'm sorry to say this. There are prophets that are true prophets. But I'm I'm saying it in a sense that many of us will understand that stop running after men. The capacity to control your environment is lying inside you. Take advantage of it. Take your place in Christ. Christians over 10, 20 years, and all you see in them, is they're looking for miracles and blessings. and Like I said before, miracles and blessings are okay. They are part of the package, but it is not the total package. The repackage is that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Alongside with that is that the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be what? Shall be added unto you. Why do I need to be seeking things that are added when the reason is there? Take your place. Let's take our place in authority and begin to take control of what goes on. Now, I want to say this to us tonight. This community will remain this way until we begin to take our place. There are forces that are controlling the hearts of men. There are forces that are controlling the belief system of the environment. But we can begin to declare that the glory of God will feed this land as the waters cover the sea. We can begin to declare that enough is enough for the enemy to hold people back in their sins, in their corruption, and in their unbelief. The Bible said the heart of a man is like a it's, it's like a, like a river. God turns it like rivers of water wherever he wants. We must begin to lift the gates that's upon the heart of man. We must swing the doors open that have had men captive for too long. And it's time to do it. And it's going to happen. When we begin to take our place, it will happen. But something must happen. Our our culture of the body of Christ, our culture of the kingdom must change. Our focus must be kingdom-based and not body self-made, self-preservation. That's not why we're in the kingdom. It doesn't worth it. After all that we've gotten, cover this. What happens next? Have we seen the most depressed believers? They have everything that life can give, but they're still depressed. And I've seen believers in many villages. They, are, they don't know what they're going to eat tomorrow. But when you want to look for people who are joyful, they are glad, they are excited. You know the source of their joy? The source of their joy is that they have a redeemer who lives forever. Oh yes, they have a joy that is written in the book of Matthew. The Bible says, Do not think about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Do not behave like the sparrows, for you have more value than all of this. That's your joy. And they believe that the joy of the Lord is their strength. They believe in the word of the Lord in the book of Isaiah. With joy shall we draw water out of the well of salvation. That's their joy. Not in the things they could see. And they're confident. And they're bold in the Lord. Take your place. Everybody say it again. Take your place. Take your place. As a study, one of the reasons why it's been very difficult for believers to take our place, I'll tell us. One of the greatest undoing today is the lack of submission. Authority, as great as it is, is embedded under submission. You cannot exercise authority until you're under, under submission. Christ in the book of Ephesians that in the book of second Corinthians the bible says now we are ready to revenge obedience when our obedience is what is complete if our obedience is incomplete we cannot revenge obedi- obedience and that's what i believe the word submit is the same word thank you i didn't know that it's going to get warm today thank you my sister the lord bless you it means subordination It means subjection. It means to come under. Exercising spiritual authority begins with submission, number one, in our private lives. Hallelujah. If God cannot trust my private life, he cannot trust my public life. Hello, church? If God cannot trust my private life, he cannot trust my public life. What's my private life? My private life is when I'm all by myself with no one around me but Jesus and my son. Who am I? And who are you? If you can't trust your private life, how do you expect it? Because many times we pray, Oh God, empower me, anoint me, baptize me, heal me, and we pray. But those things don't come to manifestation because our private lives are corrupt. And there's anything God wants to do, he wants to begin to deal from the inside out. Have you forgotten what the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 16? The Bible says, I look right at the heart of man. I do not look on the outward appearance. God does not judge from the outside. I can be a bishop and I be a wicked bishop. He judges from the inside. So spiritual force and spiritual power emanates from the inside. How much submission do I have to the living God in my private life? Do I look at him as somebody I can use? Is he an instrument for my own usage? Or is he my Lord and my Savior? If he is Lord indeed, then I must submit to him. Let me say it again. If he is Lord indeed, then I must submit to him. Private life. Number two, my family life. Submission to the Lord in my family life. Number three, submitting to the Lord as a body. I read a story which many of us know. I, I don't know how many of us have read a story over and over again. Acts of the Apostles chapter 19. The Bible speaks of the son of a chief priest. Of, chief, of a chief priest. The name of the man is Sceva. Now his boys, seven of them, they've been watching Paul casting out demons. And they were excited about it. And they said, ah, this is beautiful. People are drunk in them. I like this. It's beautiful. It looks good. We can do it too. As a Battle of this man is bored and he's short. He doesn't look nice. He doesn't look fancy. We got everything. Maybe they were heavily built guys. Maybe they go to gym. And they look at Says If demons can submit to this young, short, bored man, how much more many of us were like this? They came together and they look at him the man. They were looking around for somebody who was demonized. And they say, ah, We found one. Let's come together. Maybe they locked him in a room and said, We're going to bind the demon and cast you out. And they look at In the name of Jesus, that Paul preached. We are judging. They don't even know the right language to use because they don't even know. We are judging. They say, We are making an oath. <laughs> oh, God. They were making an oath to cast a demon. The demon said, ah, ah. <laughs> I don't care about the chest and the muscle. <laughs> this is not a physical battle. He said, ah. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Were you? And you know, many times as believers, that's the way we react to situation. We look at us, and we suddenly lose our identity. And I believe that for you to have a true sense of your identity as a believer, you must look at the right mirror. Hallelujah. Before I came tonight, I had to look at the mirror and be sure that, okay, what do I have on? What does the tie look like? The same way in the spirit, if you don't look at the right mirror, you're going to have a wrong perspective of who you are in Christ. Wrong perspective. And that's why every believer, it's a matter of compulsion. You must constantly check who you are. If we have the same, the same commitment that we have to natural body, to our spiritual man, all of us will become working Bibles. Is that not true? Because the Bible describes in James chapter 1 that the mirror is the word of God. He that looks into the perfect law of liberty and continueth daring, He be not a forgetful we are, but a doer of the work, he himself shall prosper in all that he does. He that looketh into the perfect law of liberty, a man who looks at himself in the mirror and goes away, he's forgotten who he is. Hallelujah. So tonight, the sons of Caleb, they said, and the Bible says, and the man stood up and pounced on them. And the Bible and they ran and they were wounded. I don't care, seven of them, young, going men. That tells us, that in itself, the picture gives us, you know, a, you know, an insight into what spiritual, you know, warfare is it. Warfare in the realm of the spirit, things happen that we don't know. Many of us stand in our homes this morning, we have prayed, but you do not know the things that you have injected into the realm of the spirit. The reason why some of our families are running well is because of those secret prayers, those secret retreats, the time you spent alone with the Lord, the time you decided to say, oh God, I'm just going to wait on you today. Those were the secrets of those victories in our lives. No wonder Jesus, one day when one man brought his son to the disciples, cast the demon out of him. They did everything they could. The demon refused to leave. And when Jesus came, he said, ah, what is going on? The man called Jesus said, I've brought this man, I've brought my son to your, you know, to your disciples. They couldn't cast the demon. Jesus did. The demon left. And Jesus looked at the disciples and said, this kind does not go out. Except by prayer and by fasting. What was he talking about? Is it just staying away from food? No. He's saying, except you attain a degree of spiritual authority, this kind does not go. It doesn't just come anyhow. Don't forget, I'm I'm sure the disciples, fasting was a problem to them. Because one day they came to Jesus and Jesus said, well, why would they fast? The disciples of John did fast. But the bridegroom with them, forget about it. They're not going to fast. Let them enjoy themselves. But when Jesus left, nobody needed to tell the disciples that they needed to fast. They knew they were in for the real time. And the entire land was waiting on them. May the Lord May the Lord help us that we do not disappoint that those God have tied to our loins. There are men and women that are waiting in the wings today. They are looking up to you. Don't disappoint your destiny. Don't disappoint the God that has given them to you. And these people took the challenge and they went ahead. Praise God. Take your place believers. Take your place. I have this to say to us tonight. The devil's harassment must stop. It must. One of the things I see that the enemy tries to mess with our minds. I stand to be corrected tonight. The devil knows that your spirit man is of the Lord. When you gave your life to the Lord Jesus, the, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in your spirit. And he cannot, the darkness and light cannot dwell in the same place. But the devil tries to mess with our minds. He messes with our minds. Saying that God does not love us. wanted us to live by what we see. I just said it. That the love of God is not true. That our savior cannot save us. That our deliverer cannot deliver us. Tries to bring us to live and condition our mind. To begin to believe the lie against the truth. That's exactly what he did against Eve. Did God say? Did God. God say. She did not need any explanation. God had already said the husband heard it, interpreted it to her. She knew there. And look, this is the truth. Somebody said that indeed it's amazing that the only fruit that, the, the, that Adam and Eve had was a fruit that had no seed. Because it was only only one in the garden. Hallelujah. It was what? The only fruit. It was the only, only tree in the garden. And that was the one they had. But that fruit, as much as it is got no seed, is a fruit that has the capacity to destroy. The head and the entire generation of man, the seed just started to go, to go through the generation of man. It was a terrible tree. But tonight, I have a word to say to us. The devil must stop the harassment on our minds. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. I beseech you, sorry, from verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies... Living sacrifice is only unacceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Verse 2 be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, perfect. Sorry, you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The enemy tries to set thoughts and suggestions and ideas that violate God's will in our lives. Number two, the enemy tries to sell confusion. I don't know any reason why the enemy would try to confuse us. Because the says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. God wants to direct his people. God wants to lead his people in the right way. God wants to lead us in the path of life for for his name's sake. The Bible tells us in Psalm 16, verse 11. The Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. But the verse before that says, thou will show me the path of life. So it is God's counsel for God's people to be led aright. And the enemy says confusion. And you know, when a man is in confusion, every decision he makes will be wrong. Hello? When we are confused, don't make major decisions when you are confused. Because your decision will be wrong. Because your decision will be motivated by what you are going through, but not by the truth. God wants us to make the right decision. That's why we must stop the harassment of the enemy upon our mind. We must say to ourselves, I must see the will of God. I must know the direction of God for my life. I must know the path that God wants me to take, not what the enemy suggests to me. We must stop the harassment. Another way that the enemy tries to arouse our mind is to bring an unhealthy comparison with the world and with the other believers. Do we remember David in Psalm 73? David said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, my leg almost slipped. He looked at the prosperity of the wicked and he was was captivated. He saw that those who did not have anything to do with the God of of Israel, he saw them prospering. Everything they did was right. Everything they did, did well. When they applied for a job, they got it. They gave them promotion they didn't give him. Every, every farm they had did well. They, they, there was plentiful harvest. And David became worried. And he said, my leg almost slipped because I wanted to go in their own way. But I loved the way he concluded. He said, there then, I went into the sanctuary. Then, I know their hand." I went to the sanctuary, and I know the end of what they have because the enemy, pre- you know, prepares those things for the enemy. Uh, sorry, for the for, for the unbelievers to create an aversion for them never to think of the right way, because when people prosper, pleasure can destroy. Hallelujah! Excessive pleasure can destroy because it blocks the mind of people from seeing the truth, and that's the environment in which we're living in. And there are people in the church that are on every comparison. Let me say this tonight: before we were born, God has preordained the way your life will be. Don't compare yourself with anyone. As a matter of fact, even in the parables of Jesus, the Bible, Jesus was saying that a master was going on a journey and decided to distribute gifts among his servants. He gave unto on one five, he gave unto the other two, he gave unto the last one one. There was none of the servant that was left without a gift. None. Why must I compare when God has given me one? It is not my trouble to compare myself with five. And today that is the unearthly comparison that is going on, both at the pews and also at the pulpits. Our lives have been so structured to behave like other people, to become what they have become. We must be careful. We must be careful. Whatever God has given to my brother, I must just give glory to God. I am to compliment him, I am not to compete with him. We must understand the way of the spirit. God has privilege, and let me say this to us, God has a great plan for all of us. That's the good side of it. <laughs> what you see today and you are glad and you want to die because of it, don't go in that direction because if we can just understand, if the Holy Spirit can just open our eyes, the things that are hidden in the heart of God for our lives, if we can just see it, it will amaze us. A brother in the, in the college, one year, it was, he took his exam like every other person. This happened, you know, in college. He took his exam, and somehow he was the most brilliant person in the class. That was a very final year. I'm telling you a true story. He's a preacher today. He's a pastor. He was in college, and he was the best student. Somehow, the last, it was a medical school. The last exam, he failed it. What happened, nobody understands all the other lecturers stood up. The professors, they, you know, they went to the man who failed them. Because once you fail, you can't go because of that. And they went to there, appealed to him, look, this man, look at the track record. He's been the best. He refused. And the brother had to repeat, had to wait back one extra year. All of the mates had gone. Both Christians and non christians But you see, God spoke to him. My hand is in this. It was the same year while he was repeating the class that there was an international project, international program that was to come. They were looking for the best students in the medical school. If he had graduated, he would miss it. And he would have missed and gone and be looking around. And they took him from that place. He did not finish that program. He went to finish somewhere else. Because God deliberately left him there. Look, there are things that are going on in your life. We must understand the way of the Spirit. But if it is the hand of the enemy, we must stop it. If the enemy is trying to harass our lives, we will stop that. But don't let us compare ourselves with others. Unhealthy comparison, God wants to set us at liberty. Stand and be contented with what God has given to you. Everything that God has given to you, even our heights, that is why even those who are tall, they are trying to wear platform shoes. I don't know what's going on in life. Those of us, of us whom God has given privilege to be very tall, we also look for you know, things we, we compare ourselves with others. You know the interesting thing in the place we live? There are people who go around, they turn. You know what I mean? That they turn. They want to become black. <laughs> they, it's, it's, it's a major vacation. They, they, they go on vacation to turn. <laughs> and I, they've only developed a machine for turning. Have you noticed that? What do you mean that they cut time? It's because they think they're too white, they want be, to become a little, little dark. And there are some of us who are here today and say, ah, ah, how could God, where was God looking? Where, where am I this? <laughs> and then we suddenly say, look, there must be something I can do to change this. What are we doing? He's made you perfect. You are fit for his purpose. Everything in your life is fit for the exact purpose of God. Don't change what God has programmed. He's programming for his own purpose. And he will bring it to pass. Three things. I'll leave it with us. Tonight. I don't have that time. But i leave those things with us. Take your place. Taking our place involves understanding. Taking our place involves knowing that the enemy is planting a suggestion and idea in my mind. I will not take it. Stand your ground. No way in this place. Before I share that with us, there was a story of a man, a man of God. He came to the house one day. This was, I think, in one of the TV programs. He came to the house and he noticed things wasn't right. W- wasn't right. The wife had become depressed suddenly. It was like, it was a terrible, you know, attack from the pit of air. He got into the house. He looked at what was going on. And he said, no, not in this place. Not in this place. I understand it. Not in this place. He stood. He called the children. Today we must send every devil packing from here. They prayed. And they made a bloodline around their house. That night was the last night that woman, that woman was depraved. When she woke up in the morning, she started singing. Oh, praise God. Something has happened to her. The fact of hell has been taken away because somebody decided to take authority. My hand of God was in the crusade ground. And the enemy came and brought a picture of the father who was going to destroy his family. And right there he called his friends and said, we must pray because I noticed that the hand of God is upon us but the enemy is trying to play pranks on my family. And they prayed right there. And they made a bloodline around the family. The following day, they woke up in the house and they noticed there were foxes that died around the, around the building because there was a bloodline around the building you possess a power you don't even know. And there is no distance in the spirit when we pray. God can do the impossible when we pray. What are the strategies that God has given to us? One of the strategies is his name. Everyone say his name. His name. His name. His name. name. The Bible says, wherefore God has highly exalted him and has given him a name that's above every other name that are the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. That Jesus. Is Lord. To the glory. Of the father. Every name. Above every name. There is no name to be compared with this name. Jesus was speaking. He said. You have asked nothing. But whatsoever you ask the father. In my name. Do it. Scripture says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. The power of His name, He has given us His name. When the enemy hears a name, there is there is a force in heaven that is released. We must assert that name in the name of Jesus. All that God has given to me must come into manifestation. In the name of Jesus, let me stop your hand upon my children. In the name of Jesus, every force in hell that is standing against my family collapses in the name of Jesus. God's name. the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Let me say this to us tonight, believers. The only confession you are allowed to make is that Jesus is Lord hallelujah, not just only to the enemy, but even as us, that Jesus is Lord. In every circumstance, Jesus is Lord. Whether I'm rich, Jesus is Lord. Whether I'm poor, Jesus is Lord. In every condition, Jesus remains Lord, regardless of the circumstance. He remains Lord. He's the Lord of all. The devil is a liar. Number two, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The scripture declares In Isaiah 59, verse 19. I read it to us. Isaiah 59, verse 19. Are we there? Isaiah 59, 19. This is what the scripture says. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west. Did we hear that? So shall they do what? Fear his name from the west. That's the first thing he told us. And his glory from the rising of the sun. Number two. When the enemy comes in, I know most of our Bible says, comes in like a flood. Is that true? In the original Greek, it says, in the original Hebrew, it says, when the enemy comes in, come like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up standard against him. Tonight, we must engage the Holy Spirit to lift up the standard against every force that's not of God. Now, and when we begin to say enemy, don't think of you, one woman in your family that nobody is after, forget about that. When we're, talking, we're not talking about flesh and blood. We're talking about principalities. We're talking about powers. There are higher powers that are more and all those things that we're running after. The enemy keeps us with those little things around. Oh, they're running after me. There is no devil in a witch to run after you. Forget about it. If we're living right with God, your life is in tune with Christ. Why are you afraid of them? Jesus, why are you afraid of those who can kill the soul? But they can keep the body, but they can kill the soul. Why? why? Why are you so fearful? Don't be afraid of those. But the Bible says powers, principalities, everything mentioned in that scripture has to do with governance. In other words, we are supposed to be taking nations. Hallelujah. We are supposed to be taking territories. We are supposed to be taking charge of our communities. And it will happen. Amen. By the grace of God, it will happen. We will pray. God will deliver the souls of men into our hands. We will pray. God will set liberty in our environment. Our school system will change. The glory of God will fill our hospitals. God will send the right people into those places. Our governance will be charged by the power and the Holy Spirit himself. When the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. There is a standard. We must be at that standard every time. Let's lift up the standard. Number three. I'm going to come back and wrap all of them together. Number three. The prayer power. Ever say prayer power? Prayer power. Prayer power. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Jesus said, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. That sentence is loaded. Men ought always to pray. It tells us the necessity. It tells us the regularity. It says heart, that's what we should do. Always the regularity. Always to pray and not to faint. To faint means to lose hope. We cannot afford to lose hope. Hope is stored up in God. As long as he lives, I love Job. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. As long as he lives, I will believe him. We must hold on to the honor of the author and say to the Lord, I believe your word, regardless of the circumstance. But we must pray. We must commit ourselves. I believe that it is as we pray that the divine presence of God is invoked in every situation. The scripture says in the book of Matthew chapter 16 verse 19. The Bible says, I have given to you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let me tell us what this simple English version says. It says, whatever you, I, I'm going I'm to read it exactly the way it says. It says, whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. To bind means to outlaw. To bind means to forbid. To bind means to proscribe. You can proscribe something, you can forbid it from happening. Whatever you bind on shall be bound. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now the Bible talks about those keys. Jesus in Revelation said, I have the keys of David. The Bible says he has the key of David. Whatever is shut remains shut. Whatever he opens remains open. In Revelation chapter 1, the Bible says, I have given you the keys of AIDS. I have the keys of AIDS and of hell. When I was studying the word keys, it means authority. I have the authority. I have the authority. I have the keys. Of it. And he said, I gave it to you. Use it. Use it. I want us to say to ourselves, use it. You have the keys, use it. You've got the authority, use it. You've got the power, use it. You've got the right Exercise it. May the Lord bless us. This is where we're going to close. All the things I've said today are wonderful, but we must hear this. It is not that sometimes we don't exercise it, it's the fact that after we've exercised our authority, the words that come out of our lips always counteract what we have just said. Have we seen believers after prayer? The next few minutes, what they have said. Does not agree with the prayer they have just prayed. How many of us notice what I'm talking about? We just prayed together. Oh God, take that place and say, "Ah, that place is very tough. It will take God." What are you talking about? We knew it would take God, but we just prayed. Is that right? We knew it to do what? It will take God. We must. Our mind must be trained properly. The exercising the authority also involves what happens after prayer. When we are finished praying, watch what you say. I'll tell us two things that are happening in the scriptures. In the book of Proverbs, many of us know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death was mentioned first because it's so easy for us to cancel what we have said in prayer. But I love what he said. He said, and life I'm the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. But I want us to watch out for this. I noticed that when we finish praying, we do not understand that there are two forces that are working together. It's a force of life. And there are people in the scriptures that they spoke and life came. I was reading the story of Esther. Esther chapter 7, Esther chapter 8. Do we understand what he said? I wrote what, he said, what she said down. In that chapter of the Bible. In chapter 7, in verse 3, the Bible says, he said unto the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request because of what she said. That was the day Amon was, was hung on the, the gallows, And that day, the entire Israel was delivered from the pile of death. She said, let my life be given to me and that of my people. She said it boldly. Let my life be given to me, and that to my family. Not only that, the following day, Hema was hung on that gallow, and the people were delivered. They were freed because of what she said. There is power of life in what we say. Let's say the right words. Let's say the right things that agrees with what God has given to us. Let me also read the scripture, First Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Let's listen to what the scripture says. It says. For he that will love life, and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Hallelujah. He that would do what? Love life and see good days. Let him, I think that's very simple English. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. Let him zip up. If you don't understand what is going on, is it a problem not to talk? There are times when you know the situation, you don't get it. At least we can be quiet let God walk. May the Lord bless us. Let's rise up to pray tonight. Amen. Take your place. Take your place, believers. We must take our place. We must take our place. We must educate people that you have the authority in Christ to take the place that God has prepared for us. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. tonight. Let's just give him praise tonight because I just feel that we're going to pray. Just pray. Let's just, let's just bless the Lord tonight for the place where we are in Christ. Jesus died for us. Let's give him honor tonight. Let's worship him. Let's adore him. Let's glorify his name. This is another privilege to be in his presence. We give you glory tonight, the God of our flesh. Yes, Lord, we worship you. We adore you. We honor your name tonight. We've come to supplicate in your presence. We've come to pray. We've come to seek your face. We've come to look up to you. As the eyes of the servants will look into the hands of their masters. So we have come tonight to look up to you. We do not look up to the hills. Our help does not proceed from the mountains. Our help proceeds from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He's our help from ages. For vain is the help of man. We did trust in man in the past. But Lord, we have made a choice tonight always to trust in you always to look up to you because we know you are the source of life you are the source of grace you are the source of all good things every good gift and perfect gift comes down from the father of light in whom there is no variableness, neither the shadow of turning he is the maker of all things he is the ancient of days before we were ever born he has been there he is the rock of ages he remains the same is the power that sustains all things? The Bible says he has sustained all things by the by the word of his power. Oh, is he fearer than the ten thousand? He's the lily of the valley, he's the rose of shadow, he's our God, he will be our guide even unto death. The scripture says, Yes, Lord Jesus, we just we just honor you tonight. Yes, we just honor you tonight. We just bless you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lebrados que te